you know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from quince. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, look, I don't know about you, but when I hold on to some negative feelings, it really starts to impact my day to day. Mm. I get a little snippy and short with the people in my life. Things start to really feel overwhelming. And look, it's just generally not great for me or for the people that I am interacting with. And I do find that my time in therapy is a real safe space to get those things off my chest and figure out how to work on and work through things that are weighing on me Mm. or maybe weighing on you. For example, like I have actually really been working on mindfulness in therapy. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Easier said than done, but that's the work, right? Like just learning about kind of like really creating a breathing practice and paying attention to my physical body and my feelings Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and to learn productive coping skills. If you're thinking about trying therapy, try BetterHelp. It's convenient and accessible anywhere because it is 100% online. All it takes to get started is filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you're not vibing with the therapist, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Forever35 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Forever35. Well, 
Welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dori Shafrir. I'm Kate Spencer. We're not experts. No, we're just two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kate, how you doing? Dory, not great. I'm sorry. Real talk. I'm not having a good day. Okay. I almost burst into tears before I left, so then I ice rolled my face and smelled my lavender calming balm on the drive over here. It seems to have worked. Okay, great. Not that I don't want to have a good cry, Yeah. but I just don't want to do it right before we're about to record the podcast. I get that. I'd like to save it until later. During the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Until about two minutes in. Yeah, Uh, I just, I just am, you know, when you're just having a week, you're fucking up everything. Even when I got here, I was like only three minutes early and then like the parking lot was full and I was like, I can't even fucking get here. You know what? I'm just, I'm having that. And then what I do is then, then I really get into some really negative self-talk about Mm -hmm. myself. And so I'm, I'm having a hard time pulling myself out of that. Yeah. So you know what? Live and learn. It's all a practice. Totally. I I even like I I had apologized to a friend before I got over here because I like in a Facebook conversation I kind of said something that like I I look back and I'm like why was I making just like rude comment about something and and so I sent an apology which which was like uh it felt nice to be like hey you know what I fucked that up uh, I'm sorry like I have no excuse I just fucked I just that was dumb of me I'll try to do better next time that that felt decent did she accept your apology i haven't i haven't heard back i think so it was like a a totally civil conversation but i was just like why did i even like i i i said something in a way that like i would have chastised my kids if if they did that you know what i mean i was like i'm not what am i doing i'm just in a funk i'm just in a funk so you know what also i am menstruating and i'm having a pretty rough period this month Mm -hmm. um and it feels like I'm, my insides are being wrung out. I'm sure that adds to the like just, you know. Are you taking anything? Well, I, I've been taking Pamperin per your recommendation, but I have to tell you, it is not strong enough mm. this time. How many are you taking? Two. Oh, I take three. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And I don't think my periods are as bad as yours. Okay. <laughs> so I might add. I, I have up a, that dose. Okay. <laughs> the bottle said two, but Dr. Dory says three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm really... Um, so that probably contributes to the like emotional yeah. um, instability I'm feeling today. Yeah. But anyway, I know it'll pass, and I know that the shit I tell myself about myself is not like I know I, I know I need to be gentle with myself. Yeah, the same shit I would tell somebody else. Yeah, uh, I've even had list a listener like DM me and be like, "I think you're too hard on yourself." <laughs> I was like, that's nice, but also I'm worthless. (laughs) Anyway, Dory, that's where I'm at. If I cry while recording this, you know, that's just what we're here for. Well, I mean, is there anything you can do today to... Oh, can I already tell you what I did? Sorry to interrupt you. No. I was going to try to go to my exercise class this morning. Yeah. I was already five minutes late and I said out loud to myself, Kate... It's not happening today. You need to stay home and get organized to make yourself feel bad. I literally just talking to myself in my okay. kitchen. And I was like, you need to stay home. You're so, you need to get organized and doing that will help you calm down. So I like took a shower, got clothes on, and then I just organized for 45 minutes before I left to come here. It was just like, this sh- it's not happening. Yeah. You're making yourself feel um, worse. And also I need to go to bed earlier. I can mm. feel that I'm tired. 
but it's I'm I'm doing stuff at night, so I'm going to reevaluate. Kind of, I don't know. I sound like I'm. Do I sound like I'm spiraling? A little spirally. A little spirally. Yeah, yeah. I came in here and I was like, I'm in a place. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it helps getting to come here. And you're very, you're a very calming force, Sammy. Thank you. You guys are both very calming energetically. You're making me feel Aww. better. Okay. Deep breath. Deep breath. How are you doing over there? Well, I've had a, I've had a real, um, you know. I, let me back up. A few weeks ago, I mentioned Otessa Moshfeg's book, My Year of Rest and Relaxation. Yeah. Where um, that woman basically like drugs herself to sleep for a year. And I kind of feel like that's what I'm doing right now <laughs> with this uh, morning sickness situation. Um, I feel like I am living in a fog. Yeah. Um, you know, as I've said before on this podcast, I'm very fortunate that I have um, a very flexible job. Totally. Which is what I'm doing, the one I'm doing right this second. No, it is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I can stay home most of the time and do a lot of work from home. And I fortunately have a really great partner in my business. Oh, do you mean me? I think you talking about Matt. Kate Spencer. Oh, well, hello. Um, who is great about picking up the slack when I've just been like, I'm sorry, I was out of it all day. Um, so I'm very grateful oh, for that. And I'm God. very grateful for you, tears, Kate. Tears might come. The tears might come. Um, and I do feel very fortunate that on the day's Today is not a today is not a very bad day, but there were there were a few days last week that were very bad, and I just felt I was puking, I was nauseous all day, it was just bad, and I was like, I'm really lucky that I can stay home, lie, literally not get out of bed, and either be asleep or watching The Good Place. I've been thinking about we've talked about this and how it frustrates me because you're right. So many women are going into whatever respective job they have yeah. as sick as you've been oftentimes quote unquote in secret because culturally we've been conditioned not to talk about first trimester pregnancy. Yep. And it's been making me feel really um, frustrated that there's not a larger support for women, pregnant women in this first trimester. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's really, I mean, I am grateful too that you have that flexibility. It doesn't make it, I mean, it does give you some ease in terms of allowing you to, you know, rest, but it still sucks. Yeah, it still sucks. Um, but you know, I, because I've been doing IVF and the podcast, um, for so long, like I've, I've been so public about everything, the, the highs and the many, many lows. Yeah. And when I started it, I remember when I, when we started the podcast, I remember a friend said to me, like, what are you going to do if, you know, if things don't go well, like, how are you going to handle that? And I was like, I don't know, I guess I'm just going to talk about it. And I will say now, you know, two years later that I'm so glad that I've talked about all that yeah. stuff. And now talking about all the nausea that I've been having, that's been really good for me too. Um, I just feel more supported. And I was thinking like, God forbid I have a miscarriage, like I will have this community of support. And so I, you know, I think people should look, do what you feel comfortable with. Of course. But I, I hope that more women will start talking about being pregnant earlier and find more of a community earlier. Amen. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of been, I mean, I, I've canceled every social engagement. I, I pretty much don't leave my house except to podcast. Um, you wrote that you are one big carb. I'm also one big carb. One um, big carb. <laughs> because pretty much anything cooking smells disgusting to me, um, except mac and cheese. Mm, box mac box and mac cheese. Box mac and cheese. Yum. Um, and like meat is not appealing to me. Like vegetables are not appealing to me. Kind of the only thing that I want to eat are like crackers and peanut butter sandwiches Great. on soft wheat bread, um, bananas. Um, I can, I, I've eaten oranges. Oh, interesting. People say citrus is good. Mm. Um, applesauce. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's weird because I, I constantly have this sort of like carby taste in my mouth. <laughs> I'm not carb free in my normal life, but I don't like exclusively eat carbs. <laughs> you're like now you're like paleo, but carb paleo. Exactly. Um and I do I do feel a little bit gross. Like it just doesn't feel great to to pretty much only be eating carbs. I you know, I'm getting some pro I'm eating cereal with whole milk. Mm, I love a whole milk. Which is delicious, by the way. Um so I'm getting some protein there. But like, man, it is, it's a lot of carbs. And I'm just hoping that after the first trimester, I will get more of my real appetite back. Yeah, I bet you, I, I'm not going to say I bet you will, but I also am hopeful. Also, can I just, can I say something a little bit gross? I mean, yeah. Have you heard this podcast? Definitely. My poop is a different color. <laughs> That's probably from the carbs. Totally, right? it's a hundred percent from the carbs. It's interesting, like, right? Yeah. Our food affects. I mean, have you ever eaten a lot of blueberries or beets? Oh, totally. You but it's just happens. like it's just weird. It's like, oh, my poop doesn't look like that normally. <laughs> All right. No, I will say, um, getting intimate with your bowel movements is a great way to see what's going on in your body. Totally. I mean, and look, at least I'm having bowel movements. Amen. Because. You don't want any constipation. That no. is the worst feeling. That is the worst. Um, I'm glad you're pooping. Thank you. So, yeah. So all of that's been going on. And then it's all sort of like, and Matt and I talked about this on our podcast, but, you know, the the whole specter of infertility is like always kind of hanging over you. Well, I imagine becoming pregnant after two, two and a half years of very publicly dealing with infertility is kind of a... Like a mind fuck. Like it's a total, be... yeah, it's a total mind fuck. Um, so I'm sort of still like dealing with that. Like it, it still feels a little surreal. Um, I also, you know, I, I don't feel like every time I post on Instagram, I have to like preface everything by saying, but I'm hashtag grateful, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but there is, I mean, I think there is, there is an element of the infertility community who haven't gotten pregnant who kind of do feel that way. And it's a little bit of a struggle for me to feel like, you know, I don't, I don't have to service them. Um, I empathize. I've been there. I went through it, but I'm also going through what I'm going through now. Yes. And I, I think it can be, I mean, the thing is, you are obviously feeling grateful and blessed in any other word that you want to use. That should almost go without saying. Yeah. I often find um, 
from the perspective as a parent, like there are a lot of people who um, or there's pressure to like preface your complaints about parenthood or um, your kids with like, I'm so blessed. I love being a parent, but dot, dot, dot. Right. And and I feel that urge to do that, too, because you don't it is such a gift to yeah. have these things in our lives. But um, also, I think there should be room to acknowledge how things are hard for when things are hard for us. Totally. You know, totally. So I totally I, I, I as an observer, you know, I think what you're going through is very hard. And also having having to be a public, there aren't a ton of public figures talking about infertility. So it's, it's still like a me dis- and Chrissy Teigen. Honestly. <laughs> and so it's still a discussion that's kind of in the earlier stages of happening. Yeah. So you you have um, like a unique position, I think. Yeah. And that is also a little bit mindfucky because I, I'm not going to be everything to everyone. You're everything to me. Well, thank you. No, but you can't. You can't be. And that's that can feel really. You want. You want to be. Totally. Like you want to be that, but it's very hard. Totally. And I'm like, I'm just a person. Yes. I will also say that, and this was my experience in the first trimester of both my pregnancies. Is it's an indescribable kind of feeling. Your body is completely changing. Saying you feel tired and nauseous, it doesn't quite encapsulate how awful it can feel. Plus, there's an emotional element. Yeah. So. I think it can be um, hard to articulate exactly what you're going through. Yeah, I'm I glad mean, you're doing it so clearly. And it's I'll just say one more thing, which is that my tiredness is also compounded by the fact that diclegis makes you drowsy. Oh, God, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and I'm on the highest dose of it. I'm taking it three times a day. And diclegis is an anti-nausea medication? Yeah, it's basically Unisom and B6 okay. mixed in one pill. Um And so I take, you know, I take it at night before I go to bed. I take it first thing in the morning and then I take it in the afternoon. So I take two at night, which like is a bigger dose and then one in the morning, one in the afternoon. But like taking that much of it, like you do, that's what I meant before when I said I was, I felt like I was kind of in a fog. Yeah. Like I'm definitely not at a hundred percent of my faculties. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) I do, which can, which I think can feel frustrating when it's you or not just not you, Dory, but for a person to not feel like their usual self can, can be frustrating. And you, and you know, oftentimes the advice you get is like, just enjoy it or like it'll pass. But in the moment it can be very hard to see outside of your experience. Yeah. So anyway, I'm hashtag blessed. You are. And you're also hashtag one big carb. Totally. And we're going to take a short break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe 
like for the long haul without spending a fortune, I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling superpower short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me Let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Hey, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast. 
But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Dory? Yes. I kind of have forced you into this conversation. I'm okay with that. Because in New York, Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of people who looked very fashionable. And mm-hmm. I realized um, a lot of the trends that are taking place right now are kind of f- throwing me for a loop in that the 90s are back. Mm-hmm. And I'm still traumatized this, by this because I felt such relief when 90s style went away because it was so awful mm-hmm. that I'm having a hard time processing the fact that 90s fashion is like, f- it's here. Oh, yeah. And... uh and I, I am also feeling as I get older, this kind of weird, like disconnect from trends, like almost, almost like I don't know how to participate in fashion trends. Do I even want to participate? Um, is there space for me? I mean, yes, there is obviously. Um, but I, I just, I just have been feeling weird about fashion and, and doing a little like clicking around on the internet, like, everything yesterday or two days ago in the cut, there was an article and the title was dressing like Cher Horowitz is cool again because bright plaids are coming back. They had that very iconic photo of Cher Horowitz, which if you don't know is Elisa, Alicia Silverstone's character from Clueless in that yellow plaid getup. And that is cool now. I had a yellow plaid no, getup. You mm-hmm. did? I did. Like a like a blazer and a skirt. Yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly what it looked like. It might have been pants. Go on. I mean, <laughs> do you know where knows? it is? Do you want to bust it back out? I don't know where it is. Um, 
I also, someone, you know, someone posted yesterday, um, the cover of, I think it's the new Vanity Fair. There's like a tweed blazer. Yeah. And someone was like, this is what moms wore in the eighties. And actually saw Jasmine Guillory tweet back. Like I had this blazer in 1996 and I was like, I had like a very similar blazer in the nineties also. Well, power blazers are on my list of things that are cool. Yeah. From my research per Google Mm -hmm. power blazers. Yeah. Scrunchies. Mm -hmm. The one that really traumatized me that I saw a ton of in New York city this weekend are giant sneakers, Mm -hmm. like platformy, Fila sneakers. Yeah. I guess Balenciaga yeah. like put a sneaker out last year and now like giant fucking 90 sneakers are back. Yeah. And like not even like normcore dad sneakers, though those are cool too. Like platform Spice Girl sneakers. Mm-hmm. Animal prints. Mm-hmm. Delia's like 90s outfits. Mm-hmm. We all had the Delia's catalog. Mm-hmm. Rugby shirts and like big ass stripe things. Mm-hmm. Tommy Hilfiger. Prairie dresses, I don't know where that's coming from, yeah. but those are in. Mm-hmm. Fanny packs, wide leg pants, and then Go- everywhere is like Gucci. Gucci belts, Gucci bag, tiny Gucci bags. I mean, I've never owned anything by Gucci, but Gucci, fake Gucci probably, that's all in. So I guess my question to you is like, do you even pay attention? Because there's a part of me that's like, should I participate? Do I want a scrunchie? Right. Or do you feel like as you get older, you can kind of just choose to sit out and live and experience your own trend? And at any age, you can do that. Yeah. I know. But there's something about like being almost 40 where I'm like, do I, does this, what do I do? Do I get giant sneakers? Right. Well, I I feel like I kind of went through this last year when a lot of the clothes at the stores that I generally shop at, which are not these like cool stores um had off the shoulder or those like cold shoulder the shoulder holes the shoulder holes f that i never got on that train. yeah and so i was like oh like this is where fashion starts like passing me by and that and i actually wrote um an edition of my newsletter which i haven't written in a long time my personal newsletter i wrote about this in in the newsletter about feeling just sort of like alienated from trends and feeling like i needed to <clears throat> excuse me, kind of like define my own style. And that was when my whole closet purge started. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because I was like, I I looked at my closet and I was like, a lot of these clothes don't feel like me anymore. I'm sort of in like a different phase. Like, what is that phase? Um, And I feel like that's still like an ongoing project for me. Uh, You know, I've been doing the curated closet. I feel a little weird doing it now because my body's going to change so much in the next few months. So like, it doesn't seem prudent to like buy a whole new wardrobe. (laughs) Um, Not that I would do that anyway, but like it just doesn't, the timing doesn't seem exactly right. But, you know, I think over the last year, especially I have sort of developed more of an aesthetic that feels like me. Um, That is like, I feel like I'm sort of in a different I'm on like a different Instagram. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not an this is not this was more seeing it in person. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, but I'm like I, am, I don't like I no one I follow on social media like looks like this. You don't follow Noah Cyrus and Haley Baldwin? No, I don't. Um <laughs> I just I shouldn't, but I I, I do, do I follow Kylie, actually. Okay. Well and Kylie she's a big sneaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like at the forefront. I was of all actually this. thinking about this the other day because 
she posted a picture of herself in this like stretch denim jumpsuit. I can't deal with this. And I was like, oh, like this is what, like this is literally what we wore in the 90s that we got at like Contempo Casuals. Don't you feel like with the 90s resurgence, you want to be like, hey, everybody, this was bad. We looked bad. Like I literally saw like teens wearing those like ribbed striped baby tees. Do you remember that? Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about this weekend with like the kind of weird fruit ruffly yeah, yeah, yeah. bottom? I know exactly what you're talking about. I was like, y'all, like this was never good. Like I know yeah. it's trendy now, but like this was, this was rough in 1995 and it is rough now. Yeah. I don't understand. But then I feel like I'm like fully a fucking middle-aged mom by the fact that I'm so stumped by this. But like, don't you think that's okay? That I'm a middle-aged mom? That Yeah, that it's like this. There is a part of me that's like feeling like I don't get, like I also don't understand other trends like music. Like I was following mm-hmm. the breakup of Noah, speaking of Noah Cyrus, Noah Cyrus and her boyfriend Lil Xan. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, I don't even, like, I don't get, they broke up on Instagram. I I was just like, I'm old. I'm old now. And I'm okay with that. But also like, it's lonely, not totally getting, getting what's going on. That's, I think that's more it of just like, I don't mind. I like, I'm totally down with where I am in life, but just the weird feeling of like, maybe it's like FOMO almost a little bit. Hmm. Uh, of like FOMO of what's like, if I put on any of these things, I would look like a try. I was trying hard. I think, I don't think it would like truly be an expression of myself. I don't, so I'm not going to do it, but there's also this feeling of like, wait, didn't we all just agree? Like Burks were cool. (laughs) Like I thought, (laughs) uh, or like weren't flat van like sneakers, like slip on sneakers, just cool. A couple of years ago. Like I'm so I'm missing, I'm not getting it. Yeah. I, I think that's why, I don't know. I feel like, I, in like developing my own sort of vibe and aesthetic. Your Dory style. My Dory style. It does like, it makes it easier to shop because I don't want to buy things that like don't kind of fit in my style. This is sort of, this is also taken from the curated closet. Um, Tell us a little bit more about the curated closet. Um, well, actually, by the book just did a great episode. Oh, I haven't listened to that on, one yet. Um, on the curated closet. Yeah, they did it. Um, I mean, it's basically a way of figuring out what your style is and then buying the pieces, like figuring out what in your wardrobe already kind of corresponds to that style. And then what are you missing? And what is your lifestyle? Like, what do you actually need? I mean, like, I work from home. I don't need like business casual clothes. Sure. Um, and they also have you think about like your color palette, like what colors do you like? And, and I don't know, it's just all the exercises were interesting to me. Um, and it helped me like get rid of a few things that had just been like hanging around in my closet that I never wore. Um, and I feel like it's also been helping me buy stuff that feels like me. There is a part of me that after, you know, I got home last night, I Googled the big ass Fila sneakers I saw. I found them on the DSW shoe warehouse. Sammy is nodding. No. Does that mean I should get them, Sammy? <laughs> like, do you, do you, like that other thing yeah. where like my sheep follower brain is like, well, uh, here I am. I don't right. know. Well, that's why I think it's like good to figure out 
sort of like, what is your aesthetic? Like, what is your style? Maybe, maybe you would figure out that your style incorporates those big Fila sneakers. (laughs) Next week when I show up to record and I'm seven inches taller. Uh And you have like a scrunchie. (laughs) I I do want a scrunchie. Okay. Because those are easy to put on your wrist and pull your hair back with. Totally. Scrunchies I'm like, I'm okay with. Wide leg pants, obviously, into. It's the like, it's the Delia, it's the look of a Delia's catalog model. Well, this is what I always say. This is what I always say about Reformation. Is that that? That's a clothing line? Yes. Have you ever gone into one of their stores? No. No. Oh my God. Okay. Next time you're around a Reformation store, just walk in. I don't know when that might be. I, I literally go to the, I shop at the grocery store. Like you will be transported back to 1994. It's like everything is a, a like a floral print dress. Like it's it's crazy. I also I also wonder like is there a bit of an age thing where like the clothes that were cool when you were a teen are now cool again? And I remember like when bell bottom my mom like gave me her old bell bottoms. I'm like now I look back and I'm like how did she feel when I was like rocking her 1968 yeah, fashion totally. in the 90s? And like that kind of weird, like it's humorous, but also like it's, there is like a bit of nostalgia and like sadness for the fact that like you've moved on. Yeah. And the rest of the world is like back to rugby's. Mm-hmm. Well, we've solved fashion. <laughs> well, now I know what to get you for Christmas. <laughs> get me those. <laughs> the, the other thing is I like snike. Sn- sn- guffaw at fashion and then i'm like but it looks cool i saw a woman in those balenciaga sock sneakers she also pulled them off so hard sammy is again nodding at me <laughs> like i'm not allowed to get 800 sneaker i'm coming in here next week with one fila sneaker and one balenciaga sock sneaker i'm gonna get you a scrunchie <laughs> I, this has really been a therapy session about how i feel confused by fashion <laughs> i should also add that i am in a sweatshirt and leggings Hey, that and you is are fine. in a, uh, and you're right. It is fine. I'm in a caftan. You're in a caftan, and I feel okay about myself. I think that's fine. Okay. I think we should take a short break. Okay. okay. Our guest today is Mari Andrew. Mari, welcome. Um, I thank would, you so much. We're excited you're here, live on the phone. Uh, I would love to just read a bio so our listeners can get to know a little bit about you before we start chatting. Mari Andrew is a writer and illustrator living in New York City, and her Instagram account by Mari Andrew has over 930,000 followers and is full of hilarious, heartbreaking, and totally relatable illustrations. Her first book, Am I There Yet? The Loop-de-Loop Zigzagging Journey to Adulthood, came out this spring. It is full of essays and illustrations, all original, and is a New York Times bestseller. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. Mari, welcome to Forever 35. We are big fans of yours. Yeah. Oh, likewise. This is like, I mean, it goes like Oprah and then Forever 35. This is a well, dream. Oh Thank you gosh. so much. I can retire now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally. That's all I ever needed to hear. Um, so Mari, we wanted to kind of kick it off talking a little bit about your own self-care routines, because we found a bunch of interviews that you've already done in which you describe some very <laughs> like well-thought-out, well-formed 
self-care habits. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yeah. I won't shut up about it. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm always talking about it. I love talking about it. That's one of the reasons I love your podcast. But it sounds like you've established some processes, processes for yourself that really kind of help you get through your day. I was wondering if you could just maybe take us through something that you do on a daily basis that leaves you feeling kind of grounded and ready to start your day. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I have a lot. Um, I switch up the order every day, but I have a few things that I'm pretty intent on doing and all of them are, um, to honor my happiness. And I, I am a sort of a warrior for my happiness and my joy. And I need to start in that place because I have a dream job and I have a incredible life and, I've been through a lot and I'm really, really grateful. And so when I'm not in that headspace of gratitude and joy, um, it irritates me <laughs> because mm -hmm. I feel like I have so much going for me. And when I do my work, I do my best work from a very um, happy and grateful place. And that doesn't mean I'm happy every day. It means that, you know, I'm committed to the wholeness of life and I'm committed to being grateful for the things that are really good in my life. And so um, to kind of get in that spirit, I love listening to good music and I do that every morning. I really love Brazilian music. I also love hip hop. I love anything that sort of makes me wiggle <laughs> and dance around. Um, I do do a gratitude list in the morning and I try to make it really specific because I feel like when you're talking about things you're grateful for that are really abstract, like, or, you know, like my home, my shelter, my health, I don't know. I try to, I try to get really specific. Like, um, you know, I'm grateful for the fact that this peach is not as um, mushy as the others. I'm grateful <laughs> for the ability to wiggle my toe right now, um, which I haven't been able to do in, in times of life. I'm grateful for um, my neighbor being quiet now, you know, just like things like that, that I can sort of concentrate on. So I always do those things for sure. Um, and I read somewhere else that you also have a three-step process for washing your face. Oh my gosh, I do. I thought you'd never ask. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> it's taken me, I'm 31, um, about to be 32 in a few short weeks. And I have, um, I was very late to everything in life, but especially makeup and skincare. And so I felt like it was just taking forever to get like a, a process or like, things that worked for me because I didn't really experiment when I was younger. And so I felt like I had all this catching up to do. So I finally started getting facials once a month, which is like my big treat to myself. I love it so much. I love um, the woman who does my facials. We have a great relationship. I never walk away feeling like I'm doing something wrong, which mm -hmm. I feel like is um, how a lot of people feel when they go, <laughs> they get facials or I used to before I found her. And so um I use a really gentle and good smelling cleanser, Grown Alchemist, which I think has something like olive extract in it. It just makes me feel like a like a Mediterranean goddess. Mm -hmm. And then I use my little vitamin C serum by um, 
oh my gosh, what's it called? Major Ulta. What's oh, that brand? Uh, um, it's not Ulta Major, but it's I know Ursa Major. Ursa Major, right? yes. This the constellation. There yeah, we go. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and then I put on my SPF. 50 moisturizing sunscreen by Ulta. Um, that's by Ulta, I think. And um, and it makes me really happy. And I'm always listening to a podcast. I have my little friends in the bathroom with me. And it's a really nice way to start the day. And it's like one thing you can do for yourself that feels like really caring and lovely. You know, like if nothing else, you can at least do that one thing. Yeah. Can I ask you about your gratitude practice? One thing um, I know you've mentioned is that you you lost your dad around the same age as I was when I lost my mom. And you also dealt with some really serious health stuff for somebody so young. And I'm curious, were you, during those experiences, were you, did you have a daily gratitude practice or did your desire to do one come from experiencing such challenging things um, in your late 20s and early 30s? That's a good question. Um, no, I don't think I did. I, I think, I mean, feeling thankful has, um, that was a value that was instilled in me by my parents. I think it's always been something that I thought was important to do and to, you know, say a lot, but I certainly didn't have that, um, commitment that I do now to my own gratitude and my own appreciation for being alive. Um, you're right. I think, I think that being really aware of mortality and a lot of times that happens through losing someone. Um, and then also this really serious illness I went through, I think that that, um, you know, that just gave me such a perspective on the fragility of life and, um, the preciousness of my own life and, I mean, of course, there's so much more I could say about that. But yeah, I think it really did come out of those challenges. And I think, unfortunately, sometimes you do have to go through those things to get to that point where you are really committed to your own gratitude and your happiness. And I always tell people, if you feel bad that you haven't like been through anything yet, um, it's coming for you. So <laughs> don't worry, <laughs> you'll get there. You'll get to that great, grateful place. <laughs> I like that you do it in the morning. I feel like any time I've done a gratitude practice, it's been something that I kind of end my day with. But I like this idea of starting my day with a gratitude practice. Oh, I feel like the evening could be really nice for it. That sounds lovely, too. I do think, though, like something about starting your day. Yeah. Like just be, like focusing on your gratitude is such a great way to kind of shift your perspective in the morning rather than like growling out of bed, which is occasionally how... I operate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I feel like I have such an incredible job and one that I didn't even think to dream for myself because it's, it's it was such a kind of unattainable dream to me. Um, but I, like anyone and any job, you get irritated. You know, it's like most of my job is not sitting around drawing my feelings. It's, you know, emails and taxes and invoices and all kinds of um, crap that I don't really want to deal with. And so if I go into it with a more grateful place just for um, things in my life, not even necessarily related to my job, I think that I'm a little less 
growly mm. <laughs> at, at my laptop. Mm-hmm. And I hate being that way because I do, I am so grateful for, you know, the fun and flexibility that my job gives me. And I don't want to be like resentful to it first thing in the morning, especially. Um, I know you started working on some of the stuff that would end up in your book um, long before you started your Instagram account, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. So I wrote, um, I published my book when I was 30. I sort of wrote most of it um, between 28 and 30. But I wrote the first essay when I was 24. Um, I kept a blog my whole 20s, like blogs blogspot.com uh-huh. <laughs> like everyone I had a Zanga before that so you nice. know I just I ran the whole <laughs> the whole spectrum of blogs through the years but um yeah I I started kind of essay writing personal essay writing when I was living in South America um when I graduated college so I was about 23 and I I never really considered myself uh, much of a writer. I didn't really think that I was good at it. I wasn't good at it in school. I also failed the only drawing class I ever took. So school wow. does not, <laughs> school has nothing to do with <laughs> what you might eventually end up doing. Um, so I learned, but um, but I started writing in South America because I didn't have many friends and there wasn't much to do um, except walk around and sit in cafes and think about myself. I didn't really speak Spanish that well. Um, So I was just kind of always in my head that entire year. And I spent a lot of time just writing, writing things I observed. Um, And so I started this kind of personal essay practice through blogging. um, And that continued to be such an anchor for me during my 20s. And it was always something I could kind of rely on um, in the way that I do with illustrating now. And, um, you know, just a constant way for me to be able to process things that were going on. Um, And so, yeah, one of the one of the essays in my book, I actually wrote around that time, which is really special. It's nice to think about my my poor little 24 year old lost self, like writing an essay that would someday be in a book. It makes me emotional to think about. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. Visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage, 
You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm-hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Your Instagram and your book are, are they're both just so amazing. And I think you, you really capture so much of just like the human experience and especially like what it's like to love someone um, and kind of search for your purpose. And um, so much of it is just so powerful. Um, I was looking at one, something you posted a few days ago um, that just says, I took a sip of the water you left on the table to feel connected to you one last time. It still smelled a little like you. Thank God. Oh, makes me cry. (laughs) Yeah. Where, where are you kind of accessing that from? Uh, Thank you for saying all that. I so appreciate it. Um, I have a really good emotional memory, which is helpful for the job I have. So I'm Mm -hmm. able to remember exactly how I felt um, in a lot of situations, even, you know, from when I was a child, I can, I can really remember feelings that I had. Um, So that's helpful. But a lot of what I write about or what I um, post on Instagram, the way that I have expressed myself through drawing, I write in a really raw place. Um, And then I wait a while before I post it. So that one, Hmm. um, that one in particular, I mean, I I think that anyone could sort of project their own experience onto it. Not anyone, but, um, you know, more, probably more, more emotional, moody people. Um, But that one I wrote very, very raw, like right after a breakup, like Mm. literally right after it happened. And I'm, I'm like blasting, I can't make you love me. And I'm sobbing Mm. and like the, just the saddest little, (laughs) little creature. And I just wrote that out and I knew I wasn't going to post it for several months because it was so raw. And I knew that if I posted it and people commented on it, it would like, it would be too much for me. So I waited until I was in a really good place and I was sort of, um, you know, healed, um, as much as, as a person can be. And that's when I share it. And then I think, okay, this isn't, it doesn't carry the same weight anymore. So, so I do, I do both, um, from memory and then actually when I'm experiencing it myself, um, it's a bit of both. Cause if I wrote about what I was experiencing every single day, I mean, that, that would be, that would be like, it's too vulnerable. You're already so vulnerable, vulnerable that that's like, if it was happening in real time, that might be a lot of pressure on you. It would also be a lot of really boring, really boring work. You know, not every day I'm having like an emotional crisis. So (laughs) 
Good. That's yeah. a good thing to think. Yeah. Yeah. Overwhelmed by nostalgia or whatever. Can you talk a little bit about your experience? I, I, now, I do not know how to say Gian Beret syndrome. Is that oh my correct? gosh, perfect. Oh. Wow. Yes, I've become quite the expert at pronouncing it. Yeah, so you had a really serious diagnosis while you were traveling. Yeah, it was such a bummer. I was really, really excited to be in Spain writing my book. I got this book advanced. And of course, you know, 28 year old me is like, I'm going to blow it all in Spain. I'm just going to like <laughs> flee my home and go to Spain for three months. I mean, what else? And I really wanted to learn how to do how to flamenco dance. And um, I actually I picked the city Granada because I googled um, most bohemian cities. I thought like I'm an artist now and this is where I need to be like Aww. I need to be with my people. <laughs> so I went to Granada, which is a lovely bohemian city. I was right. And it was um, a blissful month there. Absolutely wonderful. And then um, quite all of a sudden, I uh, became paralyzed with a with an autoimmune disease that is extremely rare and extremely hard to pronounce. Kind of sounds like a cool like cardio class, I think. Beyond yeah. <laughs> Barre, it's like the new thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it took a couple days to diagnose, um, and then I was in the hospital. Um, pretty much completely paralyzed for about a month. Wow. And then following that was um, about six months of recovery. And in some ways, I'm still recovering. It's about a two-year process, and I had it um, a year ago. So I still have trouble. I, I like to take dance classes. I still have trouble pointing my toes, and sometimes I just drop things. But I don't know if I was very like coordinated before it's kind of hard to remember how how well I did at you know navigating the world before so it's a little hard to tell how recovered I am but it was um quite the experience and something that affects me every day uh, mentally and emotionally yeah and how has like how how do you how has taking care of yourself kind of changed since you were diagnosed with a, a chronic illness I think that it's changed as as dramatically as it possibly could. I'm um I think when I when I first kind of got out of the hospital I was sort of um moving through recovery. So many people wanted to know what I learned from it. You know, mm -hmm. almost as though like I mean I I totally get that impulse where yeah. it's like someone else has been through something really hard and life altering, but you want to not have to go through that in order to learn the lesson. Right, so totally. you want to, <laughs> you want to ask, what did you learn? Like what wisdom can you impart? And for the first, um, year or so, so this happened last March. So right now it's been about a year and a half. Um, I was kind of intent on not learning anything because mm. I had just gone through, um, the loss of my dad, so much heartache over the years, so many career struggles, trauma, all kinds of stuff. And I thought, I'm sick of this. Like, I just wanted to go to Spain and drink sangria. I didn't want to learn life lessons. I already learned this. Like, I am grateful for life. I know that life is precious. I get it. Like, I did not need to go through this. Um, and so I was sort of intent on it just being a really bad experience. Like, I thought, 
I refuse to see the silver lining. Like I'm just going to, this is just something that's bad. Um, And then I think over time, especially as I healed um, almost completely physically, the thing, the lesson that that kept popping up um, or the sort of refrain um, that kept coming to mind is how precious my time is. And I think I just realized not in a, in a sense of, I know I'm going to die, but just like, I don't have time to feel bad anymore. And so, Mm. um, I, I don't really know where that came from, but it was like, I just became so adamant and militant about enjoying my life. And, um, so I, I mean, I was so grateful to feel so loved during that time. And it brought me so much closer to a lot of my friends. And I realized that's like what life is. That's what life's about. And um, I realized, you know, I have to set some pretty, pretty intense boundaries if I'm going to like really let these friendships flourish and really cultivate these friendships. Like I don't necessarily have time anymore to spend time with people who don't really nourish me that way. Or, you know, there's, there's so many things um, that I could spend my time on. And what I really want to spend my time on is these relationships and these friendships and my relationship with myself. So um, I think I become really good at just stopping anything that doesn't make me feel good. Um, During the recovery time, a lot of people told me to do acupuncture and I'm, I'm sure it's fantastic for a lot of people I don't know if it was really doing much for me and it didn't feel really good. Um, but massages, I don't know if they did, if they did anything, but they felt really good. So I started really shifting my focus to whatever feels really good. And that kind of trickled over to many other parts of my life, mental, spiritual, emotional. There's a lot of things that I could, I feel like I should do on a daily basis as certain kinds of exercise, certain kinds of food. And I just think this isn't making me happy. So I'm not going to do it. Like that is what life's about for me right now. So yeah, quite a dramatic shift. And it has taken about a year to get to that point. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you. Yeah. And it does sound like though, it's still a daily, it's a, it's a larger practice. And then it's like a daily day to day kind of practice implementing the boundaries to kind of allow you to have that space to just connect with your happiness. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And there's a lot of, um, sort of guilt as well that I'm dealing with. I would consider it probably something like survivor's guilt or, um, you know, a bit of post trauma that is, um, that infiltrates a lot of my life as well. And the only way that I can really move through that is with gratitude and with, um, you know, generosity of self, however, however that works, sharing my story and being open about these things and um, hopefully, hopefully um, helping others through, you know, these, these really hard things that are all kind of connected and all feel sort of the same at the end of the day, just really, really big struggles and life questions. In our, um, our email exchange, now this is not a big life challenge, but it is something I wanted to ask you about. You <laughs> uh, mentioned that you had recently purchased a quote, fabulous gold body oil 
Oh my gosh, yes. What is that? <laughs> yes, it was magic. I was <laughs> I was leaving on my book tour to Australia. I had just gone through this like really upsetting breakup, which I wasn't as sad about as I was sad that I would have to re-enter the New York dating scene, which is just a misery filled minefield. It's just terrible. And I wanted to feel really, really lovely about myself. Um, So right before I got, right before I was leaving for the airport, I thought I need to find something that's going to like give me this boost. I need to go into my book tour feeling fabulous, like way more fabulous than I am right now. Um, So I went into this tiny little shop, the Alchemist Kitchen, for those of you in New York, it's in the East Village. And I found this gold body oil, which is like a mix of almond and some other stuff that you're supposed to put on yourself to feel softer. And it has like gold flecks in it. It's called Wild Care. And I purchased this right before I was getting on the plane. I kind of like doused myself in it. And I felt like a mermaid. I felt amazing. And then I had like the best trip to Australia and all my dreams came true. And I really felt like it was something magical. And that's the thing. Like, that's my whole philosophy these days. It's like, I don't know if this is making my skin better. I don't know if I'm glowing, but it makes me feel like I'm glowing. So then I'm going to act like I'm glowing. (laughs) You know, it's like all about the way that you feel. So thank you, Wild Care. Thank you, Gold Flex. Do you think the glow is also coming from like the work you're doing on yourself to maintain your own happiness? Oh my God, maybe, (laughs) maybe all the avocados. I don't know. I saw you, you mentioned somewhere that you do a journaling exercise in the morning. Is that something you're still doing? Something called the daily examine? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. What is that? Can you tell us? Yeah. I'd love to Um, learn more about that. Yeah, I do. I do do it. I don't, If I'm in a time crunch, I just do the gratitude. But in a perfect world, I would do the whole examine. And it's really good to do at the end of the day. Um, It comes from the Jesuits, who I have gotten a lot of spiritual nourishment from. And um, it's just a five-part sort of journaling exercise to go through your day. So the first part is stillness. And it's just kind of where you are right now and just kind of being present in yourself. So I just write down what I'm seeing, what I'm smelling, whatever. Um, The second part is gratitude. Um, The third part is what went well today. Where did you really feel alive? Where did you feel really happy and like in your power, in your ministry, whatever? Um, The fifth part is what didn't go well and what you're going to do in the future. So a lot of times, even if it's like, I got six hours of sleep, you know, it's something like that. Like I, I resolve to do better next time because that did make me feel good. Um, and then the last part is hopefulness. So what you're hopeful for the next day or the day you're about to have. And that's my favorite part. And it always feels really, really good to think about Like this morning I did, I said, um, I hope to have a really fun time on the podcast. And (laughs) I also said, I hope to appreciate um, being in bar class. So, you know, Mm. there's, (laughs) you can kind of, you know, it's the range, the full range. Sure. And, and what's, what is your spiritual connection to the Jesuits? Is that something, a religious practice you grew up with, or is that something you've come to as an adult? 
Oh man, that is like a whole book <laughs> as, as anyone's spiritual journey is. Um, that's something I came to as an adult. I've been really, um, really formed and really influenced by any religious tradition that is um, very, that embraces the intellectual and the artistic and the Jesuits do a beautiful job of embracing both. So they love to learn and they love to appreciate art and culture. And so I really, really resonate with a lot of um, Jesuit writers and speakers and thinkers. And I've it's just been a really positive influence in my life. That's very cool. Wow. Um, yeah. I am wondering what it's like, I'm trying to think how to, how to, phrases like you you have this instagram that is so emotionally vulnerable and connects with so many people on such a kind of fundamental level but do you ever does that ever kind of feel like pressure to you um like you have to live up to something for your audience that's a it's <laughs> a great question it's people ask me and i i still don't really i guess i don't because i don't the like yes doesn't come to mind yeah. um so what's been actually really interesting is the more followers i've gotten the less pressure i feel and mm. the less i think about it like i think i just feel like at this point um i mean it's so hard to have perspective on this kind of thing and it's so hard to see your work objectively i certainly don't but I just sort of feel like now I'm in, like, we're in a good flow, me and my audience. And I make mistakes. I do it all the time. And they're great about it. And I'm learning and they're learning. And um, I think sometimes if something is heavy on my heart, I do feel a responsibility to share it. That can be like something more, you know, political or social or whatever. Um but I just feel like I'm in a good place with people. And it was really helpful. I went on this book tour over the summer and um, it was really beautiful to get to actually talk to people because right now they're all in my phone. And I actually don't um, tend to read many comments um, just because it's a lot. It's you get, a lot you to get take. thousands of comments on every post. I, yeah, so. yeah. I, would, I, I wouldn't do anything else. <laughs> yeah, but I sort of, that is like a lot of energy to absorb. And yeah. so I try to just kind of like let people see what they're going to see in it and like let them have their journey. Um, so yeah, and but when I was starting out, I mean, even though I wasn't doing it to get followers by any means when I started picking up followers. So when I had maybe around 10,000, that felt like the most pressure because it was like, mm. whoa, I have so many, but it's like, what am I doing? It was so abrupt. It was so fast. They grew really quickly. And I think at that point it was like, oh my God, what is this? Like I, sometimes I, I think about it as like emotional skinny dipping. It's like, you're just out there in the water, you're naked, it's great, it's beautiful. And then when I got to a certain number of followers, it kind of felt like someone took my clothes. And all of a sudden, I was like, Oh, my God, what am I doing? Like, what is this? I'm so out in the open. But now I'm like used to it, you know, so it just it doesn't really affect me anymore. Emotional skinny dipping is a phrase I want to <laughs> use for everything. <laughs> 
it, it applies to a lot like dating. Yeah. <laughs> Putting your life on Instagram, whatever. We get a lot of listeners who write to us asking just kind of how to maintain a positive attitude while dating. And since you're so focused on your own happiness, how does dating play into that? Are you able to approach it from a place of gratitude and happiness? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> sort of. I, in the, what I mean by positivity a lot um, does have a lot to do with boundaries. So it's just being so aware of how I'm feeling and how I'm being treated. So if I go into a date or a relationship and I'm not feeling the way I want to feel, that is my signal that it's not the person for me. And I try really hard to keep that attitude of not that I'm so hurt and I am devastated by this, but I learned that this person wasn't right for me. And that's really, really hard to do. Um, but that is kind of what I try to bring is like, what is not for me will miss me and what is meant for me will find me. And I am on a totally different journey than anyone else. And um, I try to move through it like that. It can be really, really hard because <laughs> I think, um, I don't know if it's especially in New York, but it's certainly especially with app culture, you do start to feel sort of disposable and you do feel like, you know, totally replaceable. And I don't like feeling that way. I want to feel like a treasure. And it's hard to find someone who has really done the work to treat people like that. And, you know, same goes for me. I, I see it in myself too. And I see myself treating people in a not super kind way. So it's challenging. I think the, the only thing that really helps me is just remembering that um, the only way that you're going to find what you're looking for as far as love is to keep giving it, you know, like keep going, keep, you know, you can't, you're not going to find the love of your life by sitting in your room and feeling sad, you know, so you have to like keep, just keep giving. And it's so hard to do, but I don't know. It's really hard. I don't have any great advice. It's been a, it's been a journey for sure. Oh, this has been so great to get to talk to you. Like truly oh. it's, and it's fun. It's, it's fun to get to know you, the person as opposed to yeah. you, the little face I see drawn because oh, obviously thanks. you're not a, uh, a figure. You are a, a living, breathing human. So it's so wonderful to get to learn more sides of you. Oh, thank you so much. I so appreciate that. Um, Mari, so, you know, we know you have an Instagram. Is there anywhere else that people can find you? Not really. The okay. Sephora, um, <laughs> skincare. <I don't. laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Website is by mariangie.com. Okay. You can find my book there and everything you ever wanted to know about, um, you know, my favorite animal, etc. So <laughs> that's it. Cool. Well, thanks again. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was such a pleasure. So, Kate. Yes, Dory. How's the purge going? Dory, um, as followers of our Instagram might have noticed, I purged my fridge last week. And it was therapeutic and healing. 
And I did it at 9.30 at night, which was not the best idea Okay, because uh, it went till about 11.30 at night. I should have gone to bed. But my refrigerator has remained organized. That's amazing. And I received a lot of tips, which I shared in this month's newsletter. Um, but it felt really, really – the, the fr- refrigerator, every time I opened it, it would give me like a stress mm-hmm. attack. So um, it's been really nice having cleaned out that space. And I hope to continue to purge. Now, last week you talked about – needing to kind of recalibrate and figure out how to take care of yourself and exist as a newly pregnant woman. Yeah. And as I was just saying to you, I I, I kind of feel like I'm a a broken record these days. That's okay. Um, Because this is just sort of the overriding theme of my life. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I guess I succeeded in the sense that like, I took it easy. Yeah. Good for you. But I I also like didn't really have a choice um, because I felt so horrible. Yeah. Um, and now this week, you know, I, I mentioned at the beginning, at the top of the show, I mentioned that I have like canceled all social engagements. And so in part because they usually revolve around like getting food or getting coffee or, yeah. you know, something Ugh. that just makes me want to vom um, right now. And so now I'm like, is there a way I can like see friends that doesn't involve food and doesn't involve me like driving across town at rush hour? Because also being in the car for too long makes me a little, like, woozy. And have you been cleared for exercising or for walk? You can walk? Well, my doctor said I could walk and swim. Okay. I just haven't had the energy yeah. to do so. Because I'm going to say, like, a 20-minute walk with a friend, but that sounds overwhelming. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've been walking – Matt, I've been walking the dog in the mornings. Oh, good. So at least I'm, like, getting a walk. <laughs> um, and your dog is a friend. And my dog is a friend. So I'm hanging out with friends. <laughs> no, but you want to see real humans. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm going to try and sort of think about that this week. Oh, that's a great – that's a good good thing to try Thanks. to do. And what about you? Well, I have decided that I need to use the time at night after my kids go to bed to, like, do something for myself rather than um, do, quote, unquote, chores. Mm. Because normally after my kids go to bed, it's like 9 o'clock and then I – clean the kitchen, make all the lunches, like do their cycling, do I do a bunch of things, which all have to get done. So I need to figure out exactly how I'm going to rearrange my schedule. But I, I kind of will like let it go and I'll do it. I'll be doing it till 1130 at night and I go to bed late. And instead, I think I should just be like, well, when my kids are in bed, it's time for me to wind down and either like watch a TV episode or read a book and get in bed earlier. Because otherwise, I just feel like angry and resentful. Yeah. So my hope is that I could you know, relax at night and then go to bed earlier, wake up at like 6 a.m. and start doing all those things that I normally do the night before. Okay. But I still haven't kind of got that rhythm down yet. Yeah. I would, I'm always curious what other people, parents, like when, when do you do all that shit? Like, are you a stay up late and do it person? Are you a get up and do it in the morning? I don't like the feeling of being rushed in the morning. So I need to get up a lot earlier and kind of have – I would like to have a lot of time in my morning to kind of get organized, but I just haven't figured it out. So I'm hoping to kind of figure, play with that, play with my – play with what needs to get done. Last night I stayed up late doing dishes, so what am I going to do? Oh, boy. You know what I also need to do, Dory? What? I need to streamline the bedtime process with my kids. Oh. I'm in a bad habit right now, which is I cuddle with them until they fall asleep which is lovely. One of them likes their feet rubbed and the other one likes to be like cuddled. Oh, Sammy is, Sammy's tenderly touching their face. 
Um, I, which is lovely. And I always had this thing in my head that like, I, I never want to deny them that like intimacy because I miss my mom so much that yeah. like, I don't ever want to be like, no, sorry, I can't rub your toes until you fall asleep. Like I've got to go do the dishes. But, but the bedtime tends to like go long. And I think for everybody's sake, it might be nice to just like also learn how to fall asleep without me spooning you. Mm. I love the cuddles too. Yeah. I love their little stinky feet. So I don't know. Just a thought. All right. That's too many details about my nights, but that's that's what's going on at my house. (laughs) I'm rubbing toes. Well, Well, Dory, we did it. We sure did. Another week. Another week. In the books. Um, Let's tell our friends where they can find us. Well, we have a voicemail. We do. And we get voicemails. Mm-hmm. And, and we love them. 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. And you can join us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash groups slash forever35podcast, where a whole world awaits you. A, a universe. A universe of Forever 35 related content. <laughs> Password is serums. And as always, um, if you like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend or mention us on the Soch. And just another reminder that everything we talk about is always mentioned on our website, forever35podcast.com. And you can also follow us on the gram at forever35podcast and on Twitter. I was going to say and on the, the tweets. But no, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> doesn't quite work. At Forever 35 Pod. <laughs> and of course, Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Bye. 